catch up. Hey, I'm Courtney, and this is the Now Calling Courtney podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of me sharing life lessons as a 38-year-old single female millennial who sometimes acts and thinks like Gen Z. I'm a content strategist who is now looking for a full-time job. And I live in Los Angeles. And on this show, I answer questions about relationships, friendships, pop culture, and style and beauty from the perspective of a single female who's looking back on her life and trying to pull out the life lessons that I wish I knew earlier, especially as a girl who struggled with relationships and self-acceptance during my tumultuous 20s. Whether we've met in real life, or as I like to say, IRL, or not, think of our time on this show as like two buddies curled up on a sofa, just chatting about the deeper things in life that we're thinking about. And I also often like to remind you to enjoy the season of life that you're in, especially as a single woman, even if the whole world around us is coupled up because that's something I struggled with for a long time until I realized, whoa, there's like a lot of benefits to being single in my 30s. By the way, have you guys seen that couple's early photo IG story going around? It's funny as a single person to kind of see that. And yes, of course, part of me wishes, oh, I wish I had somebody to post that with. But I also look at some of my friends and I'm like, Oh my gosh, they've been together for a long time. They look so different now. (laughs) You should consider us friends now that you're listening. And this podcast is like our weekly FaceTime check-in. You can ask all the questions that you've always wanted to ask somebody who might be a little bit further along or maybe like a big sis because I'll give you my honest answers. So I post new episodes every other week. So hit that follow button on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts to be notified when new episodes come out. So speaking of asking your big sis questions, today I have one thing on my mind. This week, my mom and I had a pretty big fight, at least as big as the ones that we do have. And I would say it's like part three of all of the big blowups that we've had this year. And I'm not going to lie, living at home at age 38 is definitely not what I had in mind. And it's definitely not easy. Nope. Kind of backtracking a little bit. I also want to thank everybody for the feedback about the Comfy Girl Summer episode, the one right before this. And You guys, that were so nice to say that you think that I'm beautiful. Like, oh, what's funny, though, is that for most people, like body consciousness or, you know, body confidence would be a really personal topic that requires a lot of courage to share. And that would have been me included before 2022. And I can't really pinpoint the switch in me kind of thinking differently about all of this, but For the first time in my life, my weight isn't impacting my happiness level, which I am thrilled about. 
And I think that's why that episode wasn't the hardest to share. However, today's topic of family and living at home, as I've already somewhat confessed to you, is on the other end of that spectrum. It feels way harder for me to be personal about that and to share. And I think it's probably because at any given time, my mom and my dad and my sister or my brother could decide to listen to this podcast and hear the things that maybe don't get said in person with each other. However, I'm going to tackle this because it feels really important. And that's because for one reason or another, I don't know why, but people get the impression that my family is extremely close to which I would say, hmm, I don't know about that. And the second reason is that as I've been reflecting, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection lately. I have been thinking through how our family dynamics impact our relationships. So as you know, I'm extremely single Pringle right now, like last Pringle in the can. And I think part of the reason why I'm not so eager to jump into a relationship and to be on the dating apps is that frankly, I am kind of scared to see what all of the baggage from my family life will bring into my romantic situations. So getting back to today's question of the day, this is not a topic that I've figured out by any means, but let's just get into it. The question of the day is, what is it like living at home with your parents? Let me give you a little bit of background to set the scene. My parents got divorced when I was nine years old and every weekend, My dad would come pick us up from daycare. You know, we'd be playing on the playground and Friday night, he would come pick us up and then we would live with our dad on the weekends, you know, going to basketball practice. For some reason, I remember playing hockey outside, but like not on rollerblades, just like on foot. We would go to church or go to youth group. And then Monday morning, he would take us to school after me and my brother and sister kind of doing like rock paper scissors to decide who was going to go wake him up and remind him like, Hey, we need to go. We need to get to school. And then the rest of the week we lived with our mom who took it very seriously that we got to school on time. And she told me every Monday she would get a call from our school saying that your kids were late. So that's pretty much what it was like from age 10 to 18, going back and forth between these two houses. I pseudo moved out of the house and got my first taste of independence, kind of, when I went to college in Irvine, where I got to move into an apartment for the first time. And I would come home every other weekend, mostly to use the car. Let's be honest, that was the only reason why I was coming home. But then I moved down in my green minivan that my grandma used to own to San Diego when I was 22. First big girl job. And I had to find a new church, new community. It was super scary, but I was determined to move to San Diego. And that's partially because I wanted to get away from all the family drama. I was like, I just need to find my own community and get away from all this craziness that was going on in our family. You know, there was a lot of back and forth. And during that time, that's actually when my relationship with my parents 
improved, mostly my mom. And I think it's because me being further away, you know, going through the realities of paying for my own bills, paying for my own food, cooking for myself, you just gain perspective and I mature a little bit. And then one of my besties, Joyce, was an extremely good influence on me because she was very close to her family where every week she would pull out her planner and she would have times marked where she would call every person in her immediate family, which was the exact opposite of what I was doing with mine. So her being the great influence, it made me work a little bit on my relationship with my mom. Then I decided that I was going to move from San Diego to San Jose to plant a church. And my parents were not thrilled, especially because I had a pretty stable job that they were very happy that I had. And they told me that if I moved to San Jose, they were not going to be able to help me. Now, I did not know what that meant at the time. And I was like, yes, I know. But also, as you may know from listening to my Dream Guy episode, I was also just waiting to get wiped up. So I was like, kind of okay. Like, oh, well, you're not going to support me. No worries. I'm planning on getting married soon. So I didn't tell them that, but that's what I was thinking. But I learned what that meant when three weeks before I moved up, I happened to be home from San Diego for the weekend and my stepdad called me into the office and then he handed me the phone and I just kind of looked at him like, what's going on? And on the other end of the phone, I heard someone say, hello, Miss Chow. I understand we're putting you on your own insurance policy today. And I looked at my stepdad and I was like, ah, you didn't even tell me, but he just skedaddled out of the room. And in that moment, the last purse string was cut. I had to now pay for my own car insurance. And I was on my way to San Jose for the next 10 years. And that also distance helped our relationship a lot more in other ways because I had to be really intentional with calling them. As you know, in my tumultuous 20s, I had a lot of insecurities, a lot of friendships that were really hard, a lot of jobs that were really hard. And so, you know, when I would come home, I missed them more because I was only coming home maybe four or five times a year. Um, And then after 10 years and becoming really broke from living in a very expensive area and not getting married, so I never dated even in the Bay Area. I had a family that had a health issue and I realized I think it's time to move back to OC. And as part of that move back, I moved back into my childhood home or at least the home that I've lived in since I was 16, where I am recording this very podcast right now. I got a job in LA and my intention was just to figure out where did I want to live Where was I going to go to church? You know, where was my community going to be? So I had the best apartment with living with one of my besties, Gina, in San Jose. Our apartment was called Choco Palace because we were living like two queens. The air conditioning was always set to 70 degrees. We had a big TV and the hardest question that we had to decide in the home was what are we going to watch on Netflix tonight? And when I moved back to LA, all of that went away from having an apartment that I literally decorated and had all my furniture to like trying to fit things in a little space in the garage, trying to fit everything into like my old bedroom. And most 
different was my mom asking me frequently, when are you going to be home? Then in 2020, during the pandemic, I was still living at home and I decided to start a business, which was to become a content strategist. And through that process, I have become even more broke. And where we are today is that I would be homeless if it wasn't for my parents now. So that's kind of the background of like where I lived before I moved back in with my parents. And it's crazy to think that it's been four years. This was definitely not plan A. And before I complain, I am very thankful that I at least have this option because I am serious when I say that I would be homeless (laughs) if I didn't have my parents to live with now. But I think that's like making it worse. Or sometimes it feels like it's making it worse because I went from like having the purse strings totally cut to now being in this ambiguous situation where I'm paying my parents rent. I'm also like borrowing money from them until I can find a full-time job, which is what I'm doing right now. And there are, like I mentioned, there was a family member a couple years ago that's having health issues. There's a different family member now, and it's just causing a lot of stress in our home. As I mentioned, we had a big fight this week. So it was about 9am. I am not a morning person, but I had just gotten up, just brushed my teeth. And my mom came up to my room, which is never usually a good sign because she kind of knows to like leave me alone in the morning. And she said the five words that I dread hearing from most people, which is, can I talk to you? Yes. Can I talk to you? So I already knew that she had something on her mind. So I just took a deep breath like I just did right now. And I asked her, is this important? Does this need to, to happen right now? She responded, no, just, you know, I have some things on my mind. That, the second red flag was going all over the place. It was like, oh no, like, this is, this is bad. And this is probably going to derail the rest of my day. And when I get the feeling that all is not bueno, I just can't concentrate. So I said, okay, let's, let's go and talk. The third red flag came up. She was like, okay, well, where do you want to talk? In your room? In your office? And I was like, absolutely not in my room. No, we'll go downstairs to the dining room table. And I'm not going to rehash everything that she said until I get to kind of some takeaways. But this conversation had a lot of tears. It had me yelling a little bit. Um, Some very reluctant hugging. And it's never good, but sometimes this happens when it ends with me being like, I don't know if I can do what you're asking me to do. So post that conversation, I've been doing a lot of reflection about why things have been so hard living with my parents this year. In addition, I mean, the entrepreneur thing is kind of that the situation but it's just highlighting things that have made it hard for me in particular. And I think it is also because of a lot of things that I'm thinking through and discovering, but there are three things that I realized I need to work on while I'm living with them. And I hope that by sharing this, this kind of helps you, whether you are currently living with your parents, you're planning on moving back in with them, or maybe 
your parents are going to come live with you in the future, which is becoming more common, I realized, with our generation. So some helpful shifts in thinking that I'm working on. Number one is it is really hard to be humble and to not be defensive. But that's probably the number one thing that I saw in myself that needs to get worked out. There's a there's a lot of a lot of junk there. It's really hard to be humble and not be defensive when you've lived on your own and then you come back and you are in the some mutation of that parent teenager type of dynamic, especially if you moved out after college, because and this may be particular to Asians, or I think it may even be particular to Latino families. I've, I've kind of heard from my brother-in-law, but there's always the sense of like, my roof, my rules. Now, I do think that we should be respectful, but the reality is when you've lived in your own apartment, you kind of develop your own way of doing things. And number one for me is and I think this has been driving my mom crazy, but I drink a lot of water. So I kind of have cups that are around. I honestly have a cup in every room because I might just want to take that cup to go fill something up. And this is one of the things that mom brought up on Tuesday. And she's like, can you just help out around the house more and put your cups away? Now to me, I'm like, what is wrong with me having an empty cup in front of the TV in our family room? nobody goes in there except for me when I'm watching Shark Tank after dinner. But to her, that is me not picking up. And I immediately hear, you don't know how to put things away. You're really messy. It's bothering me. And then it's like a simple request, but I'm in defense mode. Well, that's a simple example. But then another example is that she will, she one time asked me, do you want me to show you how to clean the bathroom? And I was like, I know how to clean a bathroom. And in my head, the next sentence is always, I lived on my own for 13 years. I know how to clean a bathroom. And again, the defense mechanism is like, she thinks I'm messy. She thinks I don't know how to do things. And she thinks that her way of doing things is always right. Then the communication breaks down immediately. And I'm not coming into any conversation with her from a very humble place and it just escalates things. So what I realize is that I need to not be so quick to be defensive. Sometimes all I need to say is, okay, I don't need to explain. I don't need to defend myself. I just need to say, okay, and not think of it as like your house, your rules, how can I love and serve you preferentially on these items that are not of huge consequence? As I'm looking at it, I have two cups in my office right now. Can you hear them? I'm going to put them, I'm going to wash them and put them away later tonight when I go back downstairs. And as accountability, you can ask me about this. I will walk the downstairs for any other cups that I may have left out. And that's a way that I can start to be humble and not be so defensive. Now, I kind of alluded to communication. This communication 
is probably where a lot of people, whether your family, your roommates, your partners, always causes a lot of tension. And for us, the communication is a problem because according to my mom, I don't communicate enough. This is also a big shift from living with just one other person. Shout out to Gina, who is also an introvert. And we had worked out signals to communicate without talking where we were at socially. So we had separate rooms. And if the door was wide open, it means come in fully, like you are welcome at any time. If the door is half closed, it means you can ask me something, but don't, don't stay too long. And then if the door is closed, just text. For my mom, it's like totally different. She's such a emotional person. And I think especially right now with a lot going on in our family, she wants to over communicate. And I don't really know kind of what the background is on that. I, however, don't talk enough. And I was watching this episode of Run BTS, where the members of BTS were playing a trivia game, but to like raise their hand and answer, they had to share what their, one of their weak traits were. And J-Hope, who is one of the most cheerful members, very like known to be happy and positive, he said that his worst trait is when he's at home, his parents worry because he doesn't talk. And I felt so seen. <laughs> so every time J-Hope wanted to answer a question, he had to raise his hand and be like, I make my parents worry because I don't talk at home. And then to the answer. And I feel like my mom would identify me the same way. And what I realized, and we've had to kind of like do, even though I need to work again on doing it in not such a defensive way, is explain my communication style. One, one night in February, I was having an extremely stressful week, maybe one of the most anxious weeks I've ever had in my life. And I was just trying to like keep myself calm, not be triggered. And so I decided to go downstairs and watch this Japanese reality show on Netflix to just decompress before the night. So my mom comes down at nine o'clock. She normally is in bed at eight and she just like comes up to me. I'm like lounging on the, the couch and she's like, are you okay? I didn't even know what to say. She's like, I feel like you're not okay. You've just been in the room working and I've been trying to respect you and like give you your space. Like I don't go in there. You know, she would kind of like go in and like give me a, a plate of fruit like most Asian moms would and then leave. But but like, are you okay? I feel like you should talk to me. And I was flabbergasted because it felt like a little bit of a, an ambush. And also, I just didn't know what to say because I'm really bad at communicating things when I haven't processed it yet. What I realized is that when I don't talk, my parents don't know what that means. They don't know if I'm angry, just moody they don't know what it means and so I've had to define a couple times since then and remind her I'm not an external processor I don't need to talk things out to figure them out I'll only share 
my thoughts after I've kind of made peace with them. And so if I'm not talking, I'm not mad. I'm not upset at you. I'm just kind of in my own world. And this has come out, you know, in angry, in an angry tone, in a frustrated tone, in a calm tone, kind of across the board as I'm saying it. But I realize if I've never explained it to her, she's not going to know. She's not going to know that when I cry, it's like a huge deal. I cry maybe three times a year because she just isn't familiar with my communication style. So a tip is like, as adults, we can explain to our parents, when I'm like this, this is what it means. And this is what I need. If I'm quiet, I just need you to hold space, which means don't ask me questions to get me to talk. Just let me know. Hey, if you want to talk, let me know. Or we can go on a drive and not talk. For me, I would love that. And then for her, in one of these moments where she was really emotional, so she was telling me, I need you to talk to me. She also said that she's been holding back a lot of her emotions and trying to be very careful with her words. And that was her clarifying for me, her communication style. Just in that moment, it was very clear to me that I needed to carve out a space for her to verbally share everything that she's feeling and thinking without being judged. And maybe that's something that I can do for her that other family members can't because of just my capacity. So especially if you haven't lived at home for a long time, sharing and like giving your parents the decoder as to what certain things that you say and do mean can be helpful so that they're not trying to figure you out like a Sherlock puzzle, like my parents are still trying to do with me. And it's a, another way that I need to be humble <laughs> to confess, hey, I know sometimes I seem really irritated or I'm in a bad mood in the morning, but it's just because it takes me a long time to warm up my thoughts and my mouth to literally communicate before 10 a.m. So Those are some things that I realized there's like a lot more that I need to work on, but those are the main things that I'm focusing for now. And if you are also living at home with your parents, you know, just know that this may not be a forever arrangement. And for me, I'm also realizing like I can't live with my parents forever because just personally, it's not the best for either of us. But the interesting thing is that my parents are actually planning on moving out of state when they retire. And I will have to get my life together. Hence why I'm looking for a full-time job now. But it's been extremely challenging transitioning from being fully dependent to now not really being independent at all. However, the season is revealing all of the gunk that I need to work on internally. Like I mentioned, being defensive, being nonverbal being selfish before I can start a family on my own or even just like live with my next roommate. And it's really hard to be here when so much feels like it's not conducive to like my own habits. But part of being a well-rounded person is adapting to other people. So living with my family, one of the top ways to do that Again, another way to become a well-rounded person is to learn to adapt to the complexities of other humans. And that's definitely what I'm going through with my parents. It's learning how to relate to them and support them. Though this is a different kind of episode in that this discussion about parents and living isn't like 
I can tell you how to get to a happy place. It's totally a work in progress. So now I'm gonna flip the script and put a question out to you guys, even though the show is called Now Calling Courtney. But what tips do you have for improving your relationships with your parents? Honestly, I would love to hear them, hear your stories. So DM me on Instagram at Now Calling Courtney. And if you have a really good tip, I'm going to share it with the rest of the squad here. But thank you for listening, buddies. I'm glad that we can have each other's backs with the family drama and share about the things that maybe we can't talk about with our parents, at least not yet. But I will be back with a new episode in two weeks. We're moving to a bi-weekly schedule until I figure out this whole job thing. But until then, peace. Peace.